Hello, mom friend. Welcome to the Learning to Mom podcast. This week's episode has been frequently requested, so I'm really excited to get into it. But we can specifically thank my hairdresser, Nicole, for really pushing for this episode. There is so much to figure out when it comes to choosing the right daycare. It's also something that a lot of first-time moms get blindsided by because they don't start looking into it until it's too late. So first of all, I'm sharing this now, not to overwhelm you or to scare you, but so that you can know what it's really like. You essentially need to start figuring out daycare as soon as you find out that you're pregnant because daycares book up and have insane wait lists. I'm really not trying to scare you, but you just need to start working on this in the first trimester. Now, if you've already passed the first trimester, do not fret. Just get started on it ASAP and allow this episode to help you out as much as possible. This episode, we're going to discuss different types of childcare, their pros and cons, and what to consider when looking into them. We're going to specifically be looking into daycare centers, nannies, and au pairs. I'm well aware that the majority of us will most likely not be hiring an au pair, but I couldn't leave it out as Nicole really wanted me to include details about them. I'm telling you, I really do listen when you guys give me podcast suggestions and such. I am here to help. Hello, mom friends, and welcome to the Learning to Mom podcast. It's so great to have you here. I'm Layla, and I inform first-time moms on pregnancy and birth so that they can be empowered and educated without feeling overwhelmed. I was one of the first of my friends to experience pregnancy, so I kind of had to figure out a lot of it on my own. Now, if that's you, then don't worry. Allow me to be your mom friend and give you the resource in pregnancy that I wish I could have had. Here we believe children are blessings, not burdens. We're realistic and practical about motherhood, but we don't partner bash, grumble about being a mama, or judge other moms for just mommying differently than we do. We're all just learning what works best for us and for our families. So if that sounds good to you, then let's get into it. Before we dive into this week's episode, I just wanted to thank you if you've ever left a rating and review on whatever platform that you've been listening to the Learning to Mom podcast on. It really means so much to me, and it just lets me know that I'm serving you well and that I'm doing a good job. Um, As a thank you, I'm going to read a review every episode for a couple of months here. My first featured review is from R. Bean. I apologize for butchering your last name. Um, I know that was not right. It's titled, So Thankful I Found This Podcast. She writes, This podcast has been incredibly helpful. I found it in October when I found out I was pregnant, and Layla does an incredible job answering questions that are on my mind. I've learned so much. Favorite episodes are the Connecting with Baby Before They're Born episode and the Baby Registry Tips. Layla, please keep them coming. First of all, thank you for writing this, taking the time out of your day to make my entire day with this review. You know I'm gonna keep these episodes coming and continue to show up for you each and every week. Thank you so much for leaving me that review. If you want your review read on a future episode, make sure you leave a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to it on. Today's review is from Apple Podcasts. Now let's get into this week's episode. Before we dive into all the pros and cons and questions to ask and yada, 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 I just wanted to quickly like list off all of your childcare options so that you can have a full picture idea here to begin with. First, we have daycare centers. Secondly, nannies. 
third family child care home, so basically like in-home daycares. We also have Head Start and Early Head Start programs, which are free federally funded programs that are designed to promote school readiness for infants, toddlers, and preschoolers that are for families that meet income eligibility requirements. They're typically run by local nonprofit organizations or community agencies um, and even school districts. We also have au pairs, so we'll get into this, but essentially they're like live-in nannies from other countries. Sounds weird, but they can be pretty popular and common depending on your demographic and where you live in the country. That's kind of just like the whole rundown there. I'm sure that there's others, but those are just the most common. But... Now that we have that out of the way, let's get into the bulk of the episode here. So I am breaking down nannies, au pairs, and daycare centers, like I mentioned. First up, we got nannies. I think we all understand how nannies work. They're basically a professional babysitter. So babysitters are usually more just like for date nights and things like that. I mean, I know like being a babysitter was my first job, if you like count that as a job. Um... But that's what I did. And then I also was, I said I was like a nanny in the summer. But now that I am a mom and like would be looking into a nanny, I would not consider what I did a nanny because it wasn't as structured. I didn't really have credentials. I was just a babysitter that they used and like that I had that they hired in the summer was not used. Um, so yeah, I called myself a nanny and I was, now I'm like, I was not a nanny. I was just a summer babysitter. Um, but essentially nannies are a lot more professional than babysitters. They may be older. They could have had a career in education for years. They could have been a nanny for years. They usually just have a lot more credentials and experience. And it's also usually a lot more scheduled rather than, you know, just like getting a babysitter. Uh, like you may have to commit to paying them 40 hours a week or 25 hours or however many hours you set up with them. And you have to pay them for that many hours regardless if you don't even even end up using all those hours. So if you come home early one day for work and you're like, hey, Sarah or Brad, whoever your nanny is, like, you're free to go. Um, You know, I came home early. You're good to go. You still have to pay those 40 hours because like it is their salary and that is what they need. And also it's like built into their schedule. So kind of like an opportunity cost there because they reserved that time for you, they couldn't get booked or get work elsewhere. So you just kind of commit to like how many hours and you have to pay them that regardless if you used it all or not. And you'll usually pay them on a weekly or a bi-weekly schedule. So after all, like I said, this is their job, like you're paying for their salary. Uh, moving on to the pros and cons of nannies. Pros, Individualized care, I think this one is huge. This is why a lot of people really like nannies um, because they provide one-on-one attention to your child or one-on-two if you have two kids, one-on-three, whatever. Um, And they really cater to your kids' unique needs and preferences. They're also flexible. So unlike daycare centers, nannies can accommodate irregular work hours. If you're a nurse and you have weird hours or if your husband, I don't know, is I'm just like, I don't know, has another weird job, like you can come together and create, um, you know, maybe you're like, I commit to 
40 hours a week, but each week that may look different depending on my shift schedule or my husband's shift schedule, et cetera. Um, now, where was I? This is the issue is that I like I make a script, but it's not really a script. It's just like bullet points. And then I go on my little tangents and my little rabbit trails and I'm not looking at my computer and then I'm like, okay, what point is next? All right. Sorry. Let's see here. Awesome. Oh, they can also accommodate for like last minute schedule changes. Easy peasy. Another pro is convenience. So like with a nanny, you don't really have to worry about drop off and pick up um, or commuting to and from a daycare center, right? They come to your home. Moving on to the cons. Cost. Uh, Nannies can be expensive. Uh, with hourly rates ranging from $20 to $35 or more, depending on their expertise and your location. Also, employer responsibilities. So as their employer, you'll be responsible for taxes, maybe even insurance, and other benefits such as paid time off, gas, etc. So all of that kind of depends on their experience and location and like how you negotiate it and what you deal with. But like the top, top nannies are gonna be expecting or asking for a lot because of their expertise and like the value that they're going to be providing your family also just like finding the right fit might take time it might take a lot of time to find a nanny who just aligns with your parenting style and your values so keep that in mind now some facts and figures here the average cost so the average cost of hiring a nanny Definitely varies depending on factors like, you know, their location, their experience, their responsibilities. But on average, you can expect to pay between $800 to $1,500 per week, depending on their cost per hour and how many hours they work for, yada. Uh, Now, I want to just talk through some questions to ask nannies when you're interviewing them to determine if they're the right fit. Obviously. What is your previous childcare experience? Can you provide references from previous employers? Why do you enjoy being a nanny? What's your best on-the-job memory? What do you look for in an employer slash family? Are you comfortable with our parenting style and household rules? What are your expectations, i.e. paid time off? Will you need um, your gas paid for? Do you have, like, Are you expecting to drive my car if you need to run an errand or take the kids to the park or will you be driving your own car, et cetera? Uh, Do you have any particular religious affiliation that might affect the way that you care for our children? This, I mean, I think this just depends. Like if you, if you are religious, it might be that you want someone of similar faith nannying your children or, um, the opposite, right? So that just kind of depends on you. Also, when can you start? That is an important question. What are your favorite activities to do with kids? What's your expertise with infants or whatever age your child's going to be? Are you able to work X amount of hours each week from this time in the morning to this time in the afternoon? Are you comfortable having a background check run on you? I would run a background check on them before you hire them. It's always best to be safe. Uh, Something else to consider that around nannies is just that some families have shared nannies and it usually works out to be less expensive than you having the nanny all to yourself even though they'd be watching multiple kids so if that's something to consider like if you know someone who lives close to you who's already looking for a nanny you may want to just 
kind of check out that possibility of having a shared nanny. And so the nanny would just watch, you know, your kids and your neighbor's kids or your sister's kids or whatever. And then typically the price per family would decrease. Uh, something else that's a possibility is having a nanny who's a stay-at-home mom or a dad, like stay-at-home dad even. You're, so they would be watching your kid in addition to their own kids. So your rate wouldn't be as high as having an official nanny. Um, and then their responsibilities and such might be different. And you may have to take your kid to their house or whoever you ne- however you negotiate that. Um, and another con would like they may not be as certified or professional but a pro is that that's not as expensive. Your kid isn't in daycare and you would, your kid, you like, you know, your kid's going to be having individualized, personalized care, you know, looking for children's clothing that combines comfort, style, and a mother's touch. You have to check out Happy Hollow Threads. This mama owned boutique is your go-to for handmade, beautifully designed children's wear. And when I say handmade, I mean, just beautifully made with such attention to detail. This is next level skill. This is not grandma's handmade clothing, okay? When I say handmade, I mean just like beautiful and really, you know, quality. I'm not talking handmade and how it looks. Like this is really cute stuff. From cozy newborn sizes to playful 5T, and then even soon up to size 10, this shop has it all. Their collections infused with classic, timeless styles and an array of colors cater to both boys and girls, so they make sure that every child can find something that they love. Plus, their commitment to quality and comfort is taking a new leap. With all items coming in their spring 2024 collection and beyond will be made from organic U.S. milled fabric. And remember, Happy Hollow Thread specializes in made-to-order pieces. So if you need a custom fit, just leave a note at checkout. There is no extra cost. Visit happyhallowthreads.com. The link is in the episode show notes for your convenience. Next up, let's talk about au pairs, which I am saying that correctly, right? That would be really unfortunate if I go through an entire episode saying au pairs, and that's not how you say it. But essentially, they are live-in caregivers from other countries who provide child care and light household duties in exchange for room, board, and a stipend. They're essentially live-in nannies that are from other countries, which may sound a little weird, like... Why are they from other countries? But they're, I guess they're younger, like more college age girls. And they're more likely to view it as an incredible experience to live in the States for a while and experience another culture. It's pretty common to find au pairs from France, Italy, and Spain. And I know it may sound weird if you're not familiar with this, but it is a thing and it's not just a thing for the super wealthy or for the celebrities. It might be more feasible than you think. So typically you would go through an au pair agency and there's lots of agencies out there. So just do your homework for the reviews and find ones that you think are credible or that you might have a connection to with a friend or a friend of a friend having gone through that agency as well. But basically you just reach out to the agency, you have an introductory conversation with them about what you're looking for, what country you'd like the au pair to be from, what kind of living situation they would have in your home. Then they would match you with a few au pairs and you'd interview them and make your selection. 
Similar to how nannies work, you'd pay them a flat fee regardless of how many hours they work. So you will need to give them days off. <laughs> like they're not just your workhorse or a personal little servant, uh, but you'd set that up with them like prior to them coming. You know, you want to negotiate and talk through all of that. But maybe they get weekends off or two days during the week or they get four days off every two weeks or however you set it up. You'd also be committing yourself to like taking care of them and feeding them. If you go on vacation, you take them with your family. It's kind of like a host, like a study abroad student almost where they're like a part of your family, but they, I guess in exchange, like they're not studying, they're helping provide you childcare, you know? Um, now you can work it up or work it up, work it out with the au pair that when they're on call, so like during the week, for example, they also make dinner and clean the house. It's all in how you set it up. But just remember, they are human and they can't work all the time. They are not your personal servant. They're here to be an addition to the family and they need adequate time off. So some pros, um, personalized care similar to nannies up here is offer individualized care within the comfort of your own home catering to your child's specific needs also a cultural exchange so hosting an au pair obviously provides your family with an opportunity to experience a different culture firsthand plus which i think is a really big pro for a lot of families that end up um, deciding to hire an au pair is that they can teach your child their language also flexibility. So unlike daycares, au pairs can adapt to your family's schedule and your needs. As far as cons go, au pairs can have a lack of experience. So au pairs may just have limited childcare experience, especially if they are young or just inexperienced. There's also a long-term commitment. So au pairs typically stay with a family for one to two years, but that also might be a pro just kind of depending on your goals in your situation so that just kind of depends on how you look at it and then also room and board so in addition to a stipend you'll be responsible per, i keep saying poor providing i've have gone back and recorded that like three times for providing room and board for your au pair adding to the overall cost so this may not be feasible for you if you don't have an extra room most au pairs look for opportunities that would let them have their own bedroom and bathroom extra points if it's in the basement or an attached garage or what is that called like the in-law suite um is that what yeah one of those things something like that you get it uh, facts and figures here. Average cost. The cost of having an au pair varies very much depending on factors such as location and agency fees. On average, you can expect to pay between $18,000 to $30,000 a year plus room and board. But questions to ask when interviewing au pairs to see if it's a good fit. First, I'd ask all the questions that I listed under nannies, but I'd also add things like, have you ever been to the U.S. Um, and to our specific state or you know part of the country? Why are you interested in being an au pair? What expectations do you have for us and for your host family? What are you looking for in a host family? Would you be willing to cook? Would you be willing to clean or run errands or whatever those light household duties um, that you're hoping they could provide for you as well? Could you teach our children how to speak your language? 
Will you want to get your driver's license while you're here? Do you already have it? Will you want your own car, etc.? Do you have any allergies? Have you already applied for a visa? When could you arrive? How are you with pets? Uh, what childcare experience do you have? And can you provide references from previous host families? So here's what you may not know if you're a first-time pregnant mom. Babies are particular when it comes to breast milk and formula. It's got to be the exact right temperature to their liking. This was something that I just did not know was a thing until I had Mila. If I was gone and Matthew had to warm up my frozen breast milk or breast milk that had been in the fridge for two days, Mila would literally only drink it if it was the exact right temperature. And this is not a Mila specific thing. This is an every baby kind of thing. Uh, even if your little one is on formula. That's why I would have loved having a Bisbee baby portable bottle warmer. Literally, this would have been game-changing, which is why I'm telling you about it, so that this can make your life and your partner's life so much easier. I love the Bisbee Baby Kettle, which is what the portable bottle warmer is called, for various reasons, but some of my top reasons are it warms breast milk and formula two times faster than any other bottle warmer in the world. It's the only wireless warmer that uses more than one temperature sensor for better warming accuracy. Everyone else only uses one sensor, but they use six. Can also warm any liquid, not just breast milk and formula, but they're the only bottle warmer in the world that can warm any liquid such as hot chocolate and coffee on the go gives a second life to a baby product that you normally just throw away you know i'm using mine this winter to warm my coffee during my hot mom stroller walks go to bisbeebaby.com to check them out and because you're a listener of the learning to mom podcast use mom 10 for 10 percent off make sure you add it to your baby registry and even add a note to it with this discount so that your friends and family can give this to you and get the discount the link is in the episode show notes for your convenience lastly let's talk about daycares Definitely, they're the most popular choice for parents offering structured programs and socialization opportunities for your kids. I feel like I don't need to give you the whole rundown on these things, like you understand how they work. But here are some pros and cons to consider. Pros, structured environment. Daycare centers often follow a curriculum tailored to different age groups, providing your child with a structured learning environment. Uh, licensed caregivers. Most daycare centers are regulated and licensed, ensuring that caregivers meet certain standards of training and safety. Also, socialization. That's a big pro. Your child will have the opportunity to interact with other children, fostering social skills and friendships. I know this may be really important, especially if it's your first kid and like maybe even none of your friends have babies yet and you just want your kid to be interacting with other kids because that's important. Uh, as far as cons go, limited hours. So many daycare centers operate on a strict schedule, which may not align with your work hours or could penalize you if you can't pick your kid up right on time because of a late work meeting, etc. Also sickness. Daycares are notorious for making kids sick all the time and then parents have to take off work to stay at home with their kid and you can't even send your kid into daycare but you're still paying the daycare because you have to pay regardless if they go or not and it's just kind of like a vicious cycle um, and also cost so depending on your location and the age of your kid daycare costs can be pretty expensive the average cost of daycare in the states is 14760 annually just some facts and figures for you. 
The five states with the highest average daycare costs are Massachusetts, California, New York, Washington State, and Hawaii. Massachusetts with the highest at 20913 ranging down to Hawaii at $13,731 annually. Then the five states with the lowest average cost of daycare are Montana, South Dakota, Alabama, Kentucky, and Louisiana. All of these states were between 6400 and 5400 For my fellow Hoosiers, on average, Hoosier families pay $12,612 annually. Now, questions to ask when determining the right fit of a daycare. What is the staff-to-child ratio? What is your daycare philosophy or curriculum? When is payment each month due? What safety protocols are in place? Do you provide meals and snacks? How does nap time work? How do you accommodate for food allergies? Do you require families to provide diapers? Can parents drop by whenever they'd like or swing by to breastfeed? What is your policy on late pickup and absences? What's your sick child policy? What are your policies regarding vaccines? How do you keep parents up to date on their kids' daily activities or behaviors? Do you offer a daily report? Do you send photos and videos throughout the day? Do you offer periodic check-ins regarding a child's development or progress? Also, what security measures do you take for your facility? How and how often do you sterilize the toys and materials used by the kids? What degrees, certifications, or training does your staff have? Do you conduct background checks on all your employees? Do you have a nurse on staff for medical care? Can I visit to see what it looks like in person and what a day in the life for my child would look like? How do I reserve my child's spot? Can you provide references from current or past parents? So those are just some questions to ask. Um, I would really try to fight for past, like, an infomercial night because I know that a lot of daycares will be like, you know, here's a Q&A and you can see the classroom and stuff. But I would, like, really try to just kind of pop in even un- and just, like, I mean, don't be a creep. But, like, just look in the window and, like, are the kids happy? Is the staff member yelling at the kids? Like, I'm not saying camp out there. I'm just saying, like, maybe you can make an appointment with a staff member and arrive five minutes early to, like, peek through the windows just to see, like, are they being truthful in their answers? Are kids happy? Are kids sitting around in a poopy diaper for hours? Um, is there just screaming going on? How chaotic is it? Were they accurate in their ratio that they provided for you, et cetera, et cetera. So now I just want to round out the episode by sharing a few things on when selecting the right childcare option for your family, like some things to, fa- um, to factor in. First, budget. Determine how much you're willing and able to spend on childcare expenses, taking into account factors such as income, location, and cost of living. Also convenience, that one, just kind of depending on your job, may be a really big factor. So consider your work schedule, commute, and any other logistical factors that may impact your childcare needs. Also child's needs. Take into account your child's age, personality, uh, any special requirements that they may have, such as allergies, Uh, medical conditions, disabilities, etc. Also, let's not downplay your gut instinct here, especially you as the mom, like your gut instinct is real and it's automatic. So 
It's a thing. Uh, trust your intuition when interviewing potential caregivers. Look for someone who shares your values, communicates effectively, and just demonstrates genuine care and concern for your kid. Also, red flags. Pay attention to any warning signs during the interview process, such as inconsistency in answers or lack of references, disregard for safety protocols, just not being very professional, etc. In conclusion, Finding the right childcare option for your family is a big decision that requires careful consideration. By weighing the pros and cons of daycare centers, au pairs, and nannies, asking the right questions during the interview process, and let's not forget trusting your instincts, you can ensure that your child receives the best possible care. Remember that there is no one-size-fits-all solution. Also, as we're just wrapping up here, I want to just kind of briefly let you know that there's should be no judgment or shame for like whatever you decide to do I think that today people have started to like look down on daycares which I don't really understand because it is definitely the most popular um child care in the U.S. still um but I feel like there's this movement like against daycare where it's like they don't take as much care as you would and like you should be a stay-at-home mom and or like get a nanny you know and it's just like there's so many different factors for each family um not just economically but also just like a lot of other things at play you know maybe you have a sick parent or another kid at home who really needs that attention and you just don't have the bandwidth like there's just so many factors to consider and so I really just don't want you to feel bad for whatever you decide to do I just want you to be really confident in your decision and have peace about it which is what I hope that this episode was able to provide for you Um, I really hope that it served you well and that you were able to kind of just break down those three options that you have and then also remember that list that I listed off at the beginning that you have more options than just the ones that I went through so like maybe looking into uh in-home daycares I know that there's an in-home daycare in my parents neighborhood um I I guess I don't really have verification on that but like parents I see parents picking up and dropping off their kids every day and like um I just feel like that would be a really good option almost because I'm sure that these people like have a really great relationship with her now there are some horror stories as you know you you read the news Um, but that's where doing your research and getting reviews from previous or current, um, parents and families is important and also just trusting your gut. Um, so I just really hope that this episode served you know that I am here for you and that I'm rooting for you. And I also don't want you to be stressed and like, oh my gosh, I have to figure out this daycare thing today because they're going to book up. And yes, depending on where you are located in the country, like daycares and nannies even can get booked up. Um, and that's really hard and really stressful, but I also want you to just take a big breath and relax and you will figure it out. You have great mother's intuition already. You are going to find the best daycare that's going to work best for your family and for your little one. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Learning to Mom podcast. Make sure that you leave a rating and review to be featured on a future episode. And just, it lets me know that I'm doing a good job and that I should keep at it. It's also really, really great to hear from you and it absolutely makes my day. So don't forget to leave a rating and review and I will catch you here next week.